The Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin, and this is Voices. Every Wednesday, I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals, discussing issues in diversity, equity, and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods. Hello and welcome to Voices. This is Cynthia Chaplin, and today I'm really happy to have Francesca Bonzano with me. Francesca and I met at the recent Wine to Wine Business Forum in Verona, and while we were chatting, we discovered that she is part of a very interesting group called Sparbatelle, so I wanted to make sure that we got together and had a long conversation about that. So thank you for coming back, Francesca. It's great to see you. Thank you, Cynthia. It's so great to be back with you. Well, Francesca's family owns Castello di Uvigli in Piemonte, so a very traditional um, winemaking area. And instead of making sort of the normal Barolos, Barbadescos, Barberas, things like that, you have more interesting wines. You're doing things with Grignolino, also Albarossa, which are both very interesting native varieties for Piemonte. But more importantly, we have this great story of Le Sparbatelle. So before we get to that, let me just ask you, I know your family bought the Castello in 2020. Yeah. Have, your, have you always been interested in wine? Tell me the background. How did you get into wine and where did you study? So I studied at the Università Cattolica in Milano. I got my business, um, so I graduated in business. And then I moved to San Francisco for a Master of Science in international business again. And I think it was also the fact that I was really close to Napa. I don't know if it's that or, you know, I always grew up in wine and back in the countryside uh, because I'm from Monferrato and then moved to Milano later. So I don't know, in San Francisco, I started to, you know, really think about the wine business. My family back in Italy were planting the vineyard by then. So that's already like this. And then I got my job at Colangelo and Partners in New York. So I'm very close to Gina and Juliana, and they helped me grow a lot into the wine business. And I got to know a lot of people and I really got involved. So once I got back to Italy during the pandemic, I started working with my family and I couldn't get out anymore so that's right we were all trapped (laughs) yes the bad times we're we're done with that now yeah um but that's it's interesting how that international aspect has really affected you as well because i know now you're co-owner of of your family's winery and you're doing a lot with the marketing and the export to the u.s exactly so how's that going i mean it's it's a difficult channel it's a three-tier system in the u.s how has your experience helped you to get your wines into the U.S. marketing? So um, thanks to a lot of people that are actually helping me. I'm getting out there. It's very hard when you are trying to promote a different uh, type of wine that it's not like the classic Barbera for our area, but it, instead it's Albarossa or Grignolino. Um, so Albarossa is our main focus and uh, we're trying to uh, differentiate a little bit the production to be more interesting because, you know, like the the... 
U.S. market is really saturated with uh, wines that are well known. So we're like, yeah, let's give it a try. Let's try with the Alberosa. Let's see how people react. And I think that's we have some interesting data today that tell us we're probably on the right way. Perfect. We'll Perfect. I think it's important that we get these native grapes, really historic grapes out into everybody's yeah mindset because we don't want to lose them. Uh, and I think we're in danger of, of losing them. People, I remember in Piemonte, everyone tore up all their vineyards and planted Nebbiola because Barolo was taking off. So yeah. it's nice to know that that story sort of unwinding itself backwards and we're protecting those native grapes that are also important as well as Nebbiolo. So, but I, I want to talk to you now about this Sparbatelle. So I love the name. So Francesco was telling me yesterday Sparbatelle uh, is a group of young women producers uh, who met at the ICE, the Association of Italian Sommelier in Piemonte, in Asti to start yes. with. And it started in 2017 with only 15 people. Uh, we were talking about how difficult it is to be a young woman um, in these Italian formal settings and needing a support group. I remember when I was studying for my Isomelia in Rome years ago, uh, it was helpful to have women friends. So let's talk about it. Sparbatella is a great name. Um, <laughs> it's sort of a, a funny word for being, you know, not not quite mature, you know, young. Uh, it actually means not having a beard. Exactly. So, um, which, great name for a women's group as well. <laughs> which is also Barbatelle, that is the, the root of the vineyard, let's say, when you plant it. It's the small one that exactly. you put in the soil. <laughs> exactly. It's a great name for so many reasons. So how many women are in the group now? So we're around like 80 people that are uh, really active during the events. But it's probably more. So it's growing and a lot of uh, young girls are actually uh, approaching the group because we're getting out there now. We have a new uh, directivo, so the board, uh, the decisional board, would say, because we're trying to uh, create an association. So to give more visibility to the group, but also to um, start doing like masterclass or uh, trips, everything that could be educational for uh, young women in wine. So the the only common thing should be we all have a vineyard. So we are all producing our wines and in the most genuine way. So everything that could help us to be better, to have more connections or um, like Unione Italiana Vini is doing with Ajibi. So the young producers, uh, not only producers, because it's just like people in wine that are young. So we're trying to do the Kind of same thing with Sbarbatelle, but trying to be more women-oriented. So everything that could help us grow in this sector and this... Well, it's interesting day. because the conversation we were having before, we've all found ourselves you know, in these situations in wine, particularly in Italy, but also globally, where just being the only woman in the room or the youngest woman in the room, you find yourself feeling really uncomfortable, not very supported. Uh, so organizations like this are so helpful and so useful and um, can grow into really amazing things. So hopefully, you know, with scholarships and helping each other to learn. So, you know, who do you hang out with? Who are your friends when you need help or support? You know, are you going to the Sparbatelle people because they're very similar to you, yes. young and they have vineyards? I think that's the thing we have in common. So everything started with a friendship. We didn't know where it would lead, you know. So with uh, Paolo Poncino, which is um, the ICE member who founded Sbarbatelle, who actually came up with the idea, put us all together. And he was like, 
girls, share ideas. Like, let's start with this event. Something better could come up, you know? So we all gathered during this big event that is in Asti around June. And we all started to, like, actually being vulnerable. So it's not just about a high sell the wine and I do that and I'm in every single country in the world with my wines. It's more like, you know, sometimes I have the imposter syndrome. Do you have the same thing? Do you feel the same thing? Yeah, I do. You know, like, it's... It's real. It's a real connection between women that actually are there to support each other and not to compete with each other. Which is, that's the most beautiful idea. Really beautiful. And I think women are good at doing that. Yeah. You know, really not not trying to steal each other's market or each other's yeah. ideas, but really supporting each other and, and helping each other to grow. So That's the common denominator of Sbarbatelle, the main one. The thing that we're all kind of the same, um, let's say, uh, about talking about values, like human values, I noticed that every single person that approaches Barbatelle has this kind of mentality, like very open-minded, very genuine. And I love that. It's not like, you know, in a group of people that it's a big group, normally you find the person who wants to stand up and be like uh, leading everyone. But it's like, no, like everyone is on the same ground. We're all living the same thing. We don't have colleagues. So there are sharing our, uh, you know, like troubles or insecurities. And we're actually there to be with each other, be there for each other. That's fantastic. How are you going to take this national? I'm sure there are a lot of young women producers all over Italy who really need this. How are you going to get this message to them and find them and welcome them in? So we're trying to, uh, first of all, come up with the group you know, group of things to do. Like, we're trying to gather all the things we can do. So uh, we're, at this point, we're in a very starting point. So we're sharing, um, um, we're doing a lot of questions. Also to the people that participate in Sbarbatelle, we're like, what do you expect from us? What what we can do, like, what can we do as a uh, directive board uh, to help you grow, to uh, you know, like, what would you like to develop in your business with us? So it's a very, like, as I'm saying, like, begin. It's the very beginning of but everything. that's great to ask other people's opinions exactly. and to ask them what they need rather than trying to tell yeah. them what they need. That's uh, why we don't want to do, like, we're trying to do everything that it's in our power, also contacts, because the uh, um, a lot of uh, Sbarbatelle has already, like, a, a grown business and they're trying... What I love the most is that they're trying to be there with their time, with their efforts, uh, to be with their money to like help promote the, the brand. But also uh, I'm like, so I'm in a small, medium sized business, but uh, and I'm starting to get out there. But they're like Sbarbatelle, they're very like already well known as a brand and they're trying to put their contacts like actual effort. Which is amazing. And that's that's how to support each other, not just with words, but actually with action. Facts. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. So let's talk about the events. Uh, you said it's in June usually. What's the plan for 2024? So we're doing this uh, big event again uh, with uh, Ice uh, Asti. And normally it's at Marchese Alfieri, um, which is a very beautiful estate. 
big and we have this orangery that it's amazing. We'll gather there in with stands, but we're trying to do more events. So it's not going to be just that one. So we're trying to do one before probably in February in Rome. There, we're coming up with the date. So hopefully we'll be seeing each other before uh, June. But the event itself is uh, it's, it's a very... Um, nice gathering because you have like also show like you know, probably there's like an exhibition going on uh, last year was uh, one of the barbatelle was uh, hanging her on the walls like her paintings they are beautiful and then we have like master class so it was there was one on the rosé wines and from all Italy because we're from everywhere every region of Italy and there are like a lot of activities going on so it's a very fun moment and uh, uh, now we're a little bit more B2B oriented because we do it on Monday as well for uh, restaurants and uh, business owners. So that's great. How do people find you? Because I, I was looking after our conversation and there's no website. So um, for people who want to get involved or want to come to the events, how do they find you? How do they, where should they go to look for you? So first of all, we have our Instagram page um, that is called Sbarbatelle. So they can reach us there. But we'll soon have our LinkedIn, our website. We're working on all the, let's say, marketing material also to get up there. And so, yeah, it's everything is in, in development. So we're, as, as I told you, like we, we came up as a, a directive in September. So we started like organizing also with the, <laughs> with the harvest. It was like pretty hard. And uh, but yeah, we're getting ready. Good. For, um, 2024 uh, will start. I'm so glad to talk to you at this point when it's yes. new and it's just happening. I'm excited to see what will, what it'll be like in like five years from now. I think a lot of interesting things can happen when strong women get together. Interesting things happen. Yes. Um, we'll go back to this podcast to see what exactly. the development is. Exactly. We'll do take two in a couple of years. Yeah, we'll accept ideas. So. <laughs> Everyone who will listen to us now will probably contribute to the creation. Exactly. Well, I, I wanted to ask you some thoughts while I've got you here. First of all, who's who's been important to you as a mentor? Who you know, in as you've been coming up and into wine, and as you said, imposter syndrome is a thing. It really is. So, I know I've needed a mentor from time to time. And who has been yours? So I would say I had a lot of mentors. I probably started with my dad. I have a very close relationship to my dad. And he told me a lot of things about business, but that should have been translated to the wine industry because um, my dad is not in the wine industry, so uh, it's a commodity kind of business. So it's very different. But uh, I think the thoughts and uh, and lessons he had for me, they were very valuable. And then back in the world of wine, I think my first job in New York with uh, Colangelo, with Gino Colangelo was... He was. He is still today a mentor to me, and he's actually actually helping me out a lot. And but I think I had many. My it's mom good. as well. So I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to tell. No, of course. <laughs> like I have a lot. A lot of people help me out during well, this. Well, that's good. And I think being open to having help. Sometimes people are afraid to ask for help, and I think that's one of the most intelligent things anyone can do is to say, hey, I need help and find someone who I can do help it all you. the time. I ask so much for help. Like I, I'm not, I never want to do things on my own. Also, my sales manager who works with me, Nicola, he's a great, great and valuable resource today in the um, business, during, like in our business. And yeah, so 
I think I have a lot of people to thank for. That's good. That's good. Well, I, you know, we're, we're talking about young women and things, and you are young. You're only 29. So I'm just wondering how you feel about this whole issue. You know, we talk about it a lot. We read about it a lot that young people are not drinking wine, and particularly in foreign markets. And in the U.S., there's um, a move towards low alcohol, no alcohol, different kinds of drinks. People are very concerned about potential health issues. This is a very hot topic and debated whether or not um, wine is going to have to carry health warnings. We won't go into that. But I'm just wondering how you feel about getting young people and people new to the wine industry um, into wine and drinking wine, tasting it and trying it and learning about it. How can we do that effectively? So I believe that wine is itself an experience, um, shouldn't be classified as something we just drink. And what we're trying to do at the winery too is um, trying to uh, put them in the situation where they leave the environment. So uh, what we do is like create also a biodiversity. So we have bees and sometimes like drinking wine at the winery is, yeah, let me take you for a visit and let's see everything. Let's see the surroundings. Let's see the vineyards. Once they finish the tour, they get to the winery and they're like, I really want to taste this wine. Like, I, I really want to try what, what I saw. I want to touch it. I want to I taste it. So, and we have a lot of young people that actually come to do that. So I think that's the most interesting. We have to create the environment for them to love wine, not just like promoting and do marketing. It's, there, there will be more, I want to touch this. I want to see this. I think that's really important. I know, you know, especially with um, just young people in general are much more concerned now about what they're eating, what they're drinking. Is it organic? Is it sustainable? Um, Is it in plastic? All of these sorts of things. So um, creating an environment that is attractive and makes them feel attached to the wine is interesting, too. And then I think, you know, being able to talk about these other issues, you know, packaging and things like that. Is that something that you're looking at, too, to bring more young people on board. Yes, 100%. Also, the fact that sometimes a lot of people talk about uh, organic or, you know, but sometimes, like, people want to see facts. I know you, we do certifications to to prove that we're doing the right things, but, um, yeah, it's a certification. It's something, it's a stamp on the bottle. So once they c- come in, like, they really want to touch it, they really want to see it, like, what are we doing that is different? So it's not more about the story of the family or the state, which is beautiful. Eh? Sometimes, like, we need it. We have, like, such a amazing heritage. Uh, but I want to do something more. So um, that's why, like, we put bees and we put flowers. We have different, different cultivations, not just the vineyard. And should be actions. Like, uh, they should see the action to do better. And that's what young people do i'm a millennial so um sometimes we're still more into like marketing and but people of my sister's age they really want to touch what they drink what they eat they really want to know what's behind it that is so interesting i hope that everybody's listening is paying close attention to this because you know what you're talking (laughs) you know having having younger siblings and young friends as well but also, being in the wine industry, you know what people are looking for. So where do you see yourself in about five years from now? Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. I'm scared because I see myself as I, what I think, like, I'm going to be very transparent. I want to be inspir- 
I want to inspire people. Like I want to do the right thing. I want to tell people know what to do, know what to feel like. But I, I want to be the example of um, my, you know, like my past experience. So it wasn't that easy to get into wine and be accepted and be liked. So um, I hope I'll be the person who stands up and say, you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't always like this. Maybe now I'm, you know, better than five years ago, but it was hard. And it's okay if it's hard. Like, you're going to get better. That is amazing. I mean, we were talking before about how, you know, for women, it's even harder in the industry. And you have to have the title. You have to have the pin. Yeah, you have I'm to also have... trying to have the title so I can be there and be like, yay, I made it. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's depressing sometimes that yeah. we feel that we have to do that. So... I think you're going to be a great inspiration for a lot of people. And I, I love how passionate you are about yeah. what you're doing. And I just wish you all the best. And I'm going to keep my eye on Spavitelle. This is so exciting. I think it's great. And I hope that you all can drive it forward, get the directivo, get the initiative, go national, make it big well, well, and loud. So I hope that also Spavitelle will, in five years, will be successful. And that would be a great achievement because I can say, yeah, we're I was there in the beginning. Exactly. I helped out and we all came up with this amazing concept and idea that helps other women to feel more secure, more connected. So And supported, yes. which is, which is going to keep people in the wine industry, yeah. especially small producers and, and young females who are struggling. So yes. I think that's great. I'm so happy to hear about this and I can't wait to see what you do. So thank you thank so you. much for thank coming so much. back and talking to me. Thank you so much for everything. It was great talking to you. It's very comfortable. <laughs> thank you for listening. And remember to tune in next Wednesday when I'll be chatting with another fascinating guest. Italian Wine Podcast is among the leading wine podcasts in the world and the only one with a daily show. Tune in every day and discover all our different shows. You can find us at italianwinepodcast.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, Himalaya, or wherever you get your pods.